Good evening, and welcome to the Abiding Word podcast. Uh, Tonight we are uh, just wanting to encourage our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, For those that are are watching, uh, I encourage you uh, to open up your Bibles. And my plan was to really be looking at Nehemiah, continuing our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, from Calvary Christian Fellowship, but what is really on my heart is to intentionally encourage my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, As all of us know, we are really living in interesting times, and uh, with this coronavirus and all that's taking place, it's really uncharted waters for most of us. Uh, having never experienced uh, what we are experiencing at this time. But at the same time, no matter what we might go through, uh, you know, we are to be people of hope. We are people of faith, and our faith is rooted and grounded on God's Word, on who He is, and what He has done for us. So tonight, I just I just want to encourage folks and... Uh, to get in the Bible and just share some things that are on my heart. Uh, and and one of the things that it seems like a, a scripture that we are, at least I seem to be referencing quite a bit as of late, is, you know, the importance of having our faith on a strong foundation. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had some encouraging words, enlightening words, and of course they hold true for you and I today. And it's important that as we look at the things that Jesus said, that they are relevant to today, no matter what our situation, no matter, no matter what our circumstances are, uh, our faith must be rooted in the Word of God and the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So the scripture is interesting because Jesus is, he was talking to his disciples and those who were listening. The storms of life that bring about a flood they come to us as believers and they come to non-believers. There's a false notion that, you know, being a Christian means that we're going to have everything be perfect, to be a bed of roses our whole life. And we just don't find that teaching in the scriptures. In fact, oftentimes, when we truly live out our faith, we are going to get ourselves in trouble. It's going to get us in trouble with those who oppose Christ, 
going to get us in trouble of, uh, you know, those who don't take heed to the word of God. And this is the instruction for you and I. That we take heed to the word of God. So that when the storms come, we are on a firm foundation. And it's so important, folks, that we have our faith on a strong foundation. And it's unfortunate, and not that I'm condemning, but there's too many believers out there now during this crisis, during this great storm that we're experiencing, that they're panicking. And they're completely stressing out. Not living with hope. Hey, listen, folks, we're all concerned. There is even worry. But as people of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, taking heed to his word, we have the answers. In fact, folks, we, we play part of the greatest time in our lives for many of us to demonstrate the light of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 5. This was his instructions to uh, believers, to those who have entered into the kingdom of God. He said this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how could it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And folks, we can simply do this by understanding the opportunity that we have. You can go through that Walmart checkout lane. You can go to Kroger's or Rulers or wherever. You can be a source of hope and light to others. You can tell them we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. I did that today. And it took two, two ladies. As they were concerned and, and mentioning things, and I just shared a comforting word for them, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. And both of them then had smiles on their face for one instant. And who knows what opportunities might come along with those two ladies. Maybe the Lord will speak to their hearts. i also been thinking about First Peter. You know, in the early church or in that early century, they were going through much persecution. You know, we have the body of Christ throughout the world going through much persecution. Many believers in the last century have given their lives to the sword or to the cross or in some fashion simply because they will not renounce Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But there's some strong exhortation from Peter and First Peter as he shared the gospel message and the living hope that that first century believer had, just as you and I, our hope is a living hope, um, rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. He says this, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, 
so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you not do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Brothers and sisters, our faith is being refined. God is wanting to do a work in every one of our hearts. He's wanting to refine our faith. And you know, there's so many things that we could be talking about during this time. You know, but as believers, we have to understand the times that we're living in. We have to understand God's timeline for history. It makes no sense to know the things in the Bible and then when the tough times come, knowing that tough times are coming, that we waver in our faith. No, God wants to do a work in you and me and all believers throughout all the body of Christ that our faith would be pure, that we would be a hope. Because in our hearts, in our minds, we've been taught the word of God. We know that the day is coming, Jesus Christ, is coming again. And we know from the scriptures things that uh, from a prophetic nature, the prophecies all through the Old Testament, the prophecies in the New Testament, pointing to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That day's coming. And we need to be people of hope. Folks, we need to repent. And I'm not talking about our nation, the world, I'm talking to us as believers. We need to repent, confess our sin, be renewed in the Lord, and allow Him to have our hearts. That we would be surrendered to Him. That we would be ready for His coming. As we know, there is nothing on the prophetic timeline of God's that prevents the Lord Jesus Christ from coming for His church. And He desires for us to be ready. And what joy it is in our hearts that we are ready for him to come. And it's also mindful, folks, that, or we ought to be mindful, I should say, of, again, the opportunity that that we have. What a time that we can share the Bible with others. Even though you might have friends and coworkers and family members and whatnot who don't want to know things about the Bible, well, now we have an opportunity, perhaps they will listen that we can love on them and share, hey, this is, this is what the Bible says of the last days. And to tell them they need to be ready too. And that they can confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to be ready. You know, it's interesting, um, in my morning devotion, I recently had somebody, well, ask me the question, well, what should I be reading in my morning devotion? With all this going on, what should I be reading out of the Bible? And, um, you know, they told me that they were reading in the Old Testament. And I say, praise the Lord. In fact, I'm reading in the Old Testament. And I've been reading 
in Judges. In fact, yesterday morning, um, I was reading in Judges 1 through 5. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with anything concerning all of this? Well, I'm convinced, folks, when we open up the Bible, when, when we ask God to speak to our hearts, to give us revelation, to show us who he is, his character, his nature. He's so faithful to do so. And as I was reading um, Judges 1 through 5 yesterday, uh, having a great time in the Lord, you know, I believe the Lord spoke to my heart. And one question uh, from people, and even believers, unfortunately, is, you know, is God judging us? Or why is God judging us? And those types of things. And um, while it is true, I do believe this is judgment of man's sin and rebelling against him. I don't think that should be our focus. Our focus needs to be the character and nature of God. And what is he, you know, what is his purpose for us? And how do we respond? How do we respond to all that's going on? in the world around us. Well, you know, it's interesting as we pick up in the book of Judges, the people of Israel, God's people, were getting ready to go through a great transition. Remember Joshua, who took over for Moses. Moses uh, was not uh, able to take lead the Israelites into the promised land. Instead, he went home to be with the Lord. And then Joshua was raised up, and he was the one to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And God promised them many things, the land of milk and honey, but they were going to have to fight. They were going to have to uh, walk by faith, trust in the Lord, be in his word, be strong and courageous, not to fear and know that the Lord was with them. Remember back in Joshua 1, uh, first chapter, how the Lord spoke to Joshua? Those very words God says to you and me this day, be strong and courageous, do not fear or be dismayed, for the Lord will go wherever you go. He is with you, he's with us, and that should give us great peace. But as, we, as I was reading in Judges 1 through 5, they were warned over and over and over, not to turn away from the Lord. And remember, as Joshua shared things as uh, before he went home to be with the Lord, and the Israelites, uh, you know, were getting ready to uh, press on and um, to go against the Canaanites. Uh, we read in verse 19 of chapter 1 of Judges, it says, So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. And that certainly speaks of their enemies being strong and quite the enemy for Israel. And we know that they struggle with casting away all their enemies, destroying them like the Lord wanted to because they sinned and they rebelled against the Lord. And so after Joshua died in chapter 2 of verse 7, it says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. 
it goes back to what God had done with them. God delivered the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. And for you and I, we know God has done great works, great and mighty things in our lives, those who are professing Christians, those who have had their sin dealt with at the cross. God has done that. He has delivered us from our Egypt. Praise God. He's done a great work. And then it says in verse 10, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Now I find that interesting because when I think of the day that we are living in, you think of our great nation. You think of the, the older saints that have walked with the Lord for many years and how they, uh, you know, things have changed for them and things have changed for us that aren't elderly but starting to get a little bit older. Things have just changed so much in our nation. And now there's a younger generation that have come up not knowing the Lord. We have so many, dare I call them millennials, that don't know the Lord. And that comes from, not, not to condemn them, but the times changing in our, in our culture, our life, our nation, our world, of rebelling against God and turning our backs against, against the Lord. And that has had consequences throughout time. And so now we live in a time frame that many, the majority of the people, do not know the Lord, and that has consequences. And uh, so many things the Lord showed me through that, that what we're living in, um, our young people don't know the things of God. They don't know the Lord. And I also believe that our younger generation, and hey, not to blame them, I think a lot of it has to do um, with parents not sharing the Lord, the churches not sticking to the word of God. It's not about casting blame. It's more of here we are, what are we going to do about it? But for those who know the Lord, again, the opportunity to share with our children or grandchildren of all that's going on and showing them the timeline that we are on in the kingdom of God, how we are waiting for the Lord to come. And so, and then we go over... um, As we uh, understand the book of Judges, it's just a recycle of Israel rebelling against God. They, they falling in bondage to their enemies. And then they would call out to God and God in his faithfulness would deliver them. And it's amazing just reading through all the judges or men and women that God raised up uh, to deliver his people. It just shows us again of God's faithfulness. And that gives me hope for today as we cry out to God to intervene. And, and, and believe me, saints, we need to be calling for God to intervene. We need God to intervene. We need to ask God's favor. Perhaps God's waiting for his people to ask for his favor, to intervene in such a way that would bring glory to him and that that would open up doors for others. But it says here in verse 9 of chapter 3, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, The Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them, Othaniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. And so, verse 4, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 3, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, 
For Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. And I'll let you read that chapter on your own, because I think you'll find some encouragement there, of how God used the person of Deborah, and leading the people, and them catching uh, you know, victory in the Lord, and God delivered them from, from their sin. But to bring all this back into the uh, uh, right place, I guess you would say, is we need to understand, folks, as we believe that Jesus Christ is coming, these things are going to be taking place. We have not been promised immunity to hardship, to heavy trials, storms. Nobody's been promised that in the kingdom of God. We have the wonderful promises of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 is another scripture that's been heavy on my heart as we've been going through these things. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Don't worry, I'm actually turning the pages here. Being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me read that again. Being confident, being assured, no doubt about it, it's a good thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. I got somebody coming up on the screen that put Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Let's read that together. Hey, and how about sharing maybe some of the scriptures that God has placed on your heart to bring you comfort during these times we're living in? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Folks, that was a promise to Israel, to Joshua, and that is a promise to every single believer. Those who are in Christ, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will encourage us. He will equip us for the work that he has us to do. And what is that work? For every one of us, to let our light shine, to be salt to this earth and light to the world. Well, you know, my plan was really to get into the book of Nehemiah tonight, and uh, maybe we will next week, or as the Lord would have us. But I want to share another scripture that's been on my heart that perhaps is uh, comforting. I know it's always a, a comfort to me, this particular psalm. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen? Where, where does our help come from? 
And it's so important, brothers and sisters, that we are seeking the Lord. Because the enemy wants us to, to go off and seek help from, from other places. You know, to seek help from the world. There's, this world has nothing for you and I. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 1, 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, that is so, such a powerful word for us. A spirit, or not a spirit of fear, but of power. And that doesn't mean we rely on our own power. And the, in Ephesians, to be strong in the strength of his might, or his power. And then as you know, God tells us in there in Ephesians 6 to go and put on the full armor of God. But we don't, we don't have to fear. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to be concerned or worried. Sunday in the message for Sunday that you can go back and listen to on the Calvary Christian Fellowship Facebook page. You know, remember Joshua. Why did God tell him those many, that many times to be strong and courageous? Well, probably because Joshua was a little bit fearful. God's not looking for super Christian. He's looking hearts to be open to him and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us to accomplish God's purposes. Another scripture put up on the screen there, Matthew chapter 11. And I guess you could probably read these on your own, but there's something about reading the word of God together. Amen. Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28 through 30. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, that's the, that's the awesome thing about Jesus. He is always inviting us into that closer relationship with him. And you know, I thought about today and I prayed for those folks that uh, who are professing believers, who maybe they have gone astray, maybe they've you know, turned backwards, whatever, however, went sideways, however you want to uh, say, now's the time to come back to the Lord. Because this is, the, this is what God says, come to me, come to me. See, we always have that opportunity in the Lord to come to him, and he will forgive us our sins when we ask him and to be put right back on that path with the Lord, removing that conflict that we have that relationship back with him. It's an amazing thing about God and his nature. God is so faithful, even when we're not. But when we come to him, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins. In fact, the word of God tells us this. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and willing to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? How about John chapter 14, verse 27? 
John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh, we got to continue on here. That's a powerful word right there. But you have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does not come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. And so there's the context. Jesus telling his disciples, peace I leave you. Jesus was getting to, ready to go to the Father, to go to the cross. And it's the peace that he wants to give to his disciples. And it's peace that he wants to give to you and I, even in the midst of these trials. How about Psalm 46, verse 1? That speaks of God being a refuge. Psalm 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Amen. A very present help in trouble. Even in the midst of all of this, folks, the Lord is with us. It was interesting. I was reading something out of a devotional uh, the other day. I shared it on another podcast the other day, but I, it really speaks, spoke to me and continues to speak. And it comes from A.W. Tozer. Uh, a pastor, a theologian who actually uh, died in 1963, but uh, such a man of God and his works continue. But he wrote this, We must be concerned with the person and character of God, not the promises. Through promises we learn what God has willed to us. We learn what we say, excuse me, we learn what we may claim as our heritage. We learn how we should pray. But faith itself must rest on the character of God. Isn't that powerful? Yes, we have the promises of God. Many blessings in the Lord and the promises of Him. But all of this is rooted in the character of God. God is with us. He will not leave us nor forsake us. In closing tonight, I want to share a testimony of how good God is. We have a dear sister who came to the Lord a few months ago and uh, who's, who's lived out some pretty rough times in these last few months and uh, slipped and fell, as we would say. But God is faithful and God works in ways that benefits us. And this is what God did for this gal. Um, she's uh, getting ready to enter into a, a discipleship home. And um, I, I really don't want to give out names or anything. But just if you would pray for this young believer in the Lord, uh, even though she's gone through some tough times, uh, the Lord is with her and he is strengthening her. 
And she needs brothers and sisters in the Lord to be lifting her up and to have fellowship. And uh, that's so true for all of us. You know, uh, we didn't have Bible study tonight. We'll see what it goes for Sunday. I can tell you right now, Sunday, we're still planning to have church. We'll see how that goes. The enemy would love for us to be isolated. The enemy would love it that we would not be connected together as assembly of believers. And I'm convinced that we ought to use all the technology we can to encourage one another. And so I want to encourage you folks to do that with one another. Be praying for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Pray for all the churches, all the body of Christ, and that we would keep our eyes fixed on him. Because God is in control in all of this. So I hope you have been encouraged. We're going to try and do this more and more. I'd love to hear feedback. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. Uh, we're praying. You know, none of this that's come up has surprised the Lord. He's going to see us through it. And you know what, folks? Let's get excited. The Lord's coming. And let's take every opportunity we can to share the true gospel of Jesus Christ with others, to be a light, and to demonstrate his love to others. I love each and every one of you. And why don't we just close in a word of prayer now? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the verses that we read together tonight, Lord. I thank you for your Holy Spirit working in the midst of your people. We pray that your spirit will continue to encourage, to build up, even in a time like this. Lord, that we could be like Nehemiah, building walls, building on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we do lift up my brothers and sisters, those who might be struggling, maybe those that are uh, living with some anxiety, Maybe, Lord, they, they're not able to work. And maybe they got bills due, Lord. Lord, would you just comfort them? Would you give them your love? May your love abound in their hearts. May they be encouraged in you, Lord. May they understand that they're not going through this alone, that their God is with them. Lord, I pray for my sister tonight who uh, is living in some freedom. We pray, God, that you would bless her with your spirit and the knowledge of your holy word. We pray that there would be a hunger for you, God, in her heart, having been cleansed by, by you, Lord. And Father, I pray for each one here tonight that you would just strengthen, strengthen in a special way, Lord, that the Lord would be glorified. Father, we do love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you soon.